Hi, I'm Mitch Stocker, and welcome to another episode of Life in the Peloton. We're halfway through the Giro, and I thought while I was sitting down with this week's guest, Robert Gessink, it'd be great to sit down and discuss the first nine stages because I think it's a brutal end to the Giro this year, but it certainly has been an exciting start. And Robert, who was due to be there at the Giro, happened to have a crash before in Liège and was forced out of the race. And I thought it was a great chance for him to give me an insight into what's going on there with Lotto Jumbo and what's happening with Primoz Roglic coming into that last week of the Giro. Primoz is on great form. Coming into the race, he's won every race he's been in this year. So he's living up to the standards of what everyone thought, but can he hang on? Great to hear Robert's insights to that, being a close teammate with him. Apart from that, we get into Robert's career, a very, very colorful career, but also with a lot of ups and downs. But the thing that Robert's been able to master is the comeback. From all these crashes and turmoils in his career, he's been able to come back to some amazing heights. And it's great to hear his side of the story on those things. So sit back and enjoy Robert's story, but also that Giro wrap-up. <laughs> Good job. Um, we're here at Life in the Peloton, back in Girona, and a beautifully acoustic house at Robert's Place, blocking out the noise from outside. We've got the Giro finishing in the background, stage nine, and that's half of what we're here for today, to discuss. They've got the rest day tomorrow. I'm pretty sure a lot of those guys are looking forward to it. It's been a very wet, long nine days, and one thing when I was reviewing the Giro just now was I noticed nine days, 1,400K, almost 1,500K. So some really, really long stages. But first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks. Nice to uh, to, uh, to be here and nice to uh, explain you a little bit about my part of the how, how I see cycling. That's yeah. It. yeah. No, it's, it, for sure, it has been a really tough Giro so far. I think the longest stage I already had yesterday, lots of rain. So um, I was at some point really, really looking forward to the Giro, and now you've seen those cold and wet days. You're like, okay, that part was okay to miss. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I'm also seeing a really strong team, and our leaders doing really well. So it's it's more and more difficult to to watch them do good, and uh, knowing that the hard mountain is still coming up. Yeah. Where you would have been useful. And let's before we talk about the Giro, and I do want to come back and talk about you, but I want to talk about the Giro first. Sure. But I also, first of all, want to talk about you, why we're able to talk today, which is not a great point. I wanted to get you as my Giro preview. Mm-hmm. And we spoke just before the Giro, but as I was working out, you were, on a, you were going to be on a training camp, you were at Tour of Romandy. There just wasn't going to be a moment. So I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll get you later in the year if we can. But to my, I guess my... <laughs> To a positive thing, you're not at the Giro, so I can talk to you about the Giro. Great, but it's not a great reason why, because mm-hmm. in the race before the Giro, Tour of Romandy, you had a crash. Yes, yeah. So what what happened there? Why are you not at the Giro now? Um, well, we, we we did I did the whole preparation with the whole team towards Giro. Um, so we um, yeah, I did uh, Tireno with Primos, uh, obviously our leader in the Giro. 
he he won Tireno was really well, really good. Uh, afterwards, uh, went to altitude training camp with him. Which got an altitude and Sierra Nevada. Yeah, set together up there at 2,300 and had lots of snow, but had a had a, had a yeah quite a good training camp. I must say my level was really high, and then I st- went to Holland and Belgium for uh, the classics. And then uh, the Ardennes classics. Yeah. Ardennes classics, yeah. Amstel was really good. Uh, flash a bit less, but uh, Liège even worse because <laughs> because I crashed in a wet descent, went down quite hard and broke uh, my um, my right uh, right collarbone, but as well uh, my pelvis. And uh, sorry. I made a mistake. It was Liège. Sorry, yeah. I was fast-forwarding a bit. It was yeah. Liège, of sure. course. I knew that. Yeah, yes. yeah. So no worries. Sorry about that. No, but Liège was was exactly as we as we've seen the Giro today, cold and and, and yeah, wet. Of course. And in the Ardennes, it was only four degrees uh, at that point, and uh, hands were cold. Well, you know how it works. You're changing clothes and uh, changed clothes all day uh, to stay warm. But uh, somehow I couldn't get my hands warm anymore. I think I just braked too hard. My left hand, I couldn't also change gears anymore. Mm-hmm. These days, you only have to push a little button with the electronic shifting, but still, I couldn't even even change gears anymore. That cold, my hands were so I must have braked a bit too hard front wheel and uh, went down quite hard. And uh, well, yeah, the the collarbone was fixed the next day in surgery, but uh, a broken pelvis takes some time. That's uh, that's a messy one. Can't walk for a while now. I'm I'm starting to be able to move around. Uh, three weeks later, uh, weeks later without crutches but uh, it's going to take some time so missing the Giro missing a really strong team there uh, doing really well with uh, with Roglic today winning the time trial winning the prologue as well um, and um, well yeah it looks like m- I might uh, be missing the tour as well so uh, mm. Um, yeah, build up. I mean, I couldn't couldn't ride at all for two weeks, and now building back up that takes time. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, this is something that uh, something I want to talk to you about after we quickly review the Giro is, and something I've spoke to you about in the last few days is the ability to come back, and I think a lot of people underestimate that fact as professional cyclists, but long professional cyclists. You know, you've been a professional since two thousand seven. So you've had, a, and even before that, at a high level at, at you know, Rubberbank Continental, which, which essentially is a professional team anyway. So mm. you've had a massive career, but in those long careers, it doesn't come without setbacks. It's something we've found out with Daryl Impey and, you know, even Rory Sutherland and I think anyone who's had a long career, but it's the ability to come back. But I think you have even maybe had a, a few more speed bumps than the average, and it's just... Once again, you're faced with this task of not only psychologically trying to come back, but physically come back. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, psychologically, I think everybody has its ups and downs, I guess, in cycling. I mean, even uh, a bad result can be quite hard psychologically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can be really down from that and have to build up again towards the next goal or lose confidence or whatever. But uh, physically coming back uh, is a bit harder because first you have to, you have to deal with the psychological part and then uh, you have to fight just as hard as if you have to fight um, for a result, I guess, to uh, to get back to a decent level. And uh, it's true, I had uh, I had a couple of big ones, um, some some bad crashes, uh, some other stuff. Um, yeah, and. Um, well, yeah, I think it's it's look at it a bit like everybody looks at it. I mean, you always 
focus on the positive things, right? Mm. I mean, if you have to sum up your life, it's not that you focus on all the things that didn't didn't work out. You always focus on the things that that, that did work out. And I did win really nice races. I did GCs in in Grand Tours, um, top tens in in Tour and and and, and Vuelta. Uh, won a stage in the, in the Vuelta. I won two nice, nice classics in in Canada. So that that's that's the things I focus on. And of course, some stuff went 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 wrong. But uh, yeah, that, that that's part of life, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's like you've just brought it up now, and I think I want to go there now. Let's just go back and talk about you. Well, the Giro can wait, and everyone who's waiting there, they can just wait to hear about the Giro because I think this is much more interesting. I was and naturally like I do, I know all the riders who come on here, but I don't know them as well as you think until you actually do a little bit of research about the riders. And you're actually the same age as me, which is something I didn't know. I thought you were a little bit older than me just because of what you've achieved. Yeah. When I first came to the Peloton in 2009, you were already a fully established professional as I remember. Hmm. And I remember looking up at you as like one of the rock stars of the of the Peloton. Thank you. And that's because in your 2007, when you first your first professional well, world tour, or pro tour, whatever you want to call it back then, you know you, you had the young riders jersey at the Tour of California, second overall at Poland, which then earned you a spot at the at Worlds. Hmm. So like as a neo pro, it's a huge season and. You just really came on firing, I think, following the following year, you know, the white jersey at Paris-Nice, and then your first Grand Tour, seventh overall at the Vuelta. So, like, I still was at home racing in Australia, and you've done all this stuff. Um, and not only just doing a Grand Tour, I always remember my first Grand Tour was just an achievement just to do it, but you're up there in the top ten fighting with those guys. So it was – I think you really came on, and from what I understand – the Dutch publicity were then like, wow, we've got a real GC hope behind us. Was that the feeling? Yeah, it, it had been a couple of uh, uh, difficult years for Dutch cycling, I think. I mean, if you look at Dutch cycling now, it's like there's GC riders everywhere. But back back then, when I came up, there were a couple of guys who wanted to, to do it, but, but, but uh, never really uh, had the results and uh, yeah, the Dutch were really waiting for somebody to uh, to be up there again and then uh, when I showed uh, I could be close and um, uh, then yeah, they really uh, pushed the expectations I guess yeah. and, uh, and that, that, that at some points it worked out really well because uh, the expectations were high and I did finish well in the end then fourth in the tour once and um, um, sixth, sixth once again in the tour, and uh, I think best place in the world was also sixth. But but also uh, at sometimes it didn't work out. Yeah, sure. That uh, yeah, it's it's it was cycling was a bit different back then in the way that 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 well these days for example you see Dumoulin crash out and uh, all the crashes and everything became more uh, or people became more aware that crashing is part of cycling. And back mm. then it was like. If you crash, you're like uh, it was also a, a, a failure, more or less. Yeah. And, and I, I, uh, I felt that for a, a couple of times, and then, yeah, well, you know how it works in cycling. And once you, you have a name, then, uh, then you always have to uh, defend yourself, more or less. Like, well, ah, it's not that bad. It's just a, the times that I, yeah. If you're always in the spotlight, everybody sees it when you crash. You know, some yeah, 
you have teammates who crash six, seven, eight times a year, but nobody even knows it because, oh. uh, well, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll get in the bus, get some bandage, and, <laughs> and they go on. And yeah, as a GC rider, when you crash, uh, look at, at at Dumoulin for example. It was a really bad crash as well what he had, but then, yeah, it's not only the fact that you lose four minutes, for example, in his case. But also your body has to recover from that crash, and then it's not possible anymore to do a GC. And, mm. and we've been fight. I've been fighting with that a couple of times. Um, but as as I said before, you focus on the nice things and the, the moments that did did work. Yeah. Well, tell me about when you first had those results as a young guy, because and compare it to say maybe in that middle part of your career when you had that first fourth at the Tour de France. And what I read was. Because I had the feeling, and I wasn't sure, but it was the first um, hope for about a decade with the Dutch mm. in the Tour de France. So it had been a little bit of a gap for the Dutchies. Yeah. And so tell me about the different expectations of when you first came on and you just sort of like, as I can imagine and as I remember, racing freely and you just did things and you just were going along. There was no expectation. Sure. Then all of a sudden this expectation came. How did that affect you when you were racing? Yeah, well, looking back at it, it, it uh, I started racing a bit different. Uh, the first years, you're free and you're just just attacking and doing whatever you want and doing what at that moment you think is right. And then I changed my my way of riding a little bit to yeah, well, to following and to saving energy and always being aware and getting scared for 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 um, well, for example, for crashing and, yeah. and uh, watching out for it and. Um, as you know, well, it's, that's that's probably not the best way way to race. If no. you're always watching out for crashes, then you're always at the wrong spot, anyways. You better take the uh, initiative and, and go for it. And later on, hear how others got in trouble, then then doing it the other way around. So so, well, yeah, definitely that's that uh, made mistakes there. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, it's um, it's not as easy as um, um, how they say. It. Well, yeah, it's, there's a reason why. Most cyclists are better at older age than they are at younger age. I mean, mm. you have to learn by by doing, doing mm. and doing doing things. Uh, um, well, yeah. I, for example, looking to you, you, you've got a role like that in your team. When young guys come over, you try to teach them all you know, so they don't make the mistakes you've made in the past. But somehow, um, it isn't as easy as that. Otherwise, no. every neo pro would win the biggest races because. I mean, I'm I'm happy to share all my knowledge with everybody, but somehow uh, you learn better when it when it, when it happens to you. I yeah, guess yeah, and, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Exactly. So when I became pro, I was in Rauwbank and 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 Erik Breukink, who had finished, uh, I think, um, I might be wrong here, but I think third in the Giro or third in the Tour. Well, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Look it up. Um, but he uh, has been a big GC man in the past, and they all said, okay, but. Look, he's, uh, he has broken now, so he'll uh, he'll he'll know and he'll he'll tell him. But it, it doesn't really work like that. Some somehow, yeah, the lessons have to be learned by uh, every now and then the hard way, and uh, that that's also what happened here. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think, yeah. and that's something you one thing you said there, and I've noticed it with the leadouts for myself when I first started doing the leadouts in the sprint. You know, I was happy to get involved. I didn't think about it mm-hmm. in the corners, and I, I look back at some things. I think, how was I able to do that? And then there was there becomes a switch. I don't know when that is. You crash too many times, or you just get older and a bit yeah. wiser. I don't know what it is, but then you start thinking, and as soon as you start thinking, yeah, 
you change and, and it becomes very difficult. Instead of just going through that corner, you're thinking about that corner sure. in a millisecond. And so I can imagine that on a bigger scope when you're trying to ride GC mm. and you're thinking about the whole day, you've got enough stress as it is and you think back to those early days, you're like, how did I race like that when you're younger? But yeah. it's a bit different. Yeah, the last time I did it, I, I, somehow I, I, I got rid of all that stress and I uh, worked really hard on that actually that year and it was in 15, I was six in the tour and I was the, uh, there's, there's these Dutch people pro cycling stats and they keep stats for everything. And apparently I was the most um, constant rider ever in the tour. I was mm. finishing every stage within the first 25 or 30 or something. Yeah, right. And uh, because I di- just didn't didn't see that danger. Um, but it also <laughs> doesn't really work all the time. So I was really aware and doing doing uh, some mental exercises for that. And it worked out real well. I was six that too, as I said. Was a, was a, was a really, really, uh, really good year. But I know exactly what you mean. There's a certain age where you become aware of danger. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if you see little kids jumping, well, I've got two kids myself, and see, see them climb on the chair, I'm like, yeah, well... You can see that's going wrong. Oh well, it's going the wrong way, and you 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 uh, you tell them not to. But uh, apparently, at a certain age, and um, especially when you're really young, you don't see that see that yet. Yeah? And uh, and I think in cycling, well, when you start really young, you just you fly don't in see and it. It's, yeah. uh, well, probably there's a. Uh, I'm I'm Dutch, so I have to look. Always for us, it's always difficult to to use the right sayings in uh, in, in English. English. But in Dutch, it's like, uh, well, yeah, it's all or nothing, I guess. Uh, yeah. That's 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 the the English saying I'm looking for. But uh, and that's that's the way you race when you're younger, I guess. You, you race it's all or nothing. And uh, today it's, uh, yeah, well, yeah, literally translated, it's either either the flowers or the or the or the band-aids. That's how we say it in Dutch. What a great little <laughs> saying. Yeah, right. How do you say it in Dutch? Uh, uh, um, well, yeah, no, it's. Um, um, well, this is this is this is for all the Dutch like, speakers out there. Go <laughs> say it. <laughs> no, I, I would say the, the official saying is "dood of the gladiolus." So it's like, uh, oh, well, that's a bit harsh, but it's like death or yeah, okay. flowers. Yeah, but they never translate directly. And so. and, and uh, our um, our sprinter Dylan Groenewegen he says uh, um, um, podium or uh, jodium. So this is actually a podium or uh, iodide, iodide. What's it called? To, to desinfect. Oh yeah, betadine. Oh, yeah, 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 to yeah, desinfect okay. the wound. So it's yeah. either either you go down or you're gonna. Well, there's no breaking for those guys. So, Interesting. Uh, well, he's in that phase at the moment. Yeah. I don't know if sprinters ever get out of it, but he's in that phase of just doing. So it's yeah. exciting. It is exciting to see it because I remember a young guy um, was coming on to Orica when I was there. And he was just attacking, and, and this wasn't to do with crashing, but he was just racing fearlessly, and I yeah. really envied him. And I was like, I took something, a leaf out of his, a uh, page out of his book, and I was like, try to get my head back in that game, and just went, you know, and it did work for a period. You just got yeah. to, as, as an older guy, I think you just got to continually work on it. Yeah. It doesn't come as naturally anymore. Yeah. And you got to work on those things, whether it's missing crashes or whether it's just being fearless, like yeah. you said, and attacking on climbs. Yeah, so. I, yeah, just... Exactly. Yeah, just not focusing on the things that that can go wrong, hmm. and actually being actively um, well positive, more or less. I would say, right? If you're always focusing on the things that could go wrong, then well, yeah, you can you can um, 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 well, you're almost certain that 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 it will happen. I guess, right? And that's uh, that's the thing with uh, you have to avoid uh, being in that state of mind. So, well, I guess yeah, cycling is a big mind game. That's for sure. It is. Yeah. Well, tell me, like before, there is a positive in this, but let's talk about some small little negatives. 
But one thing I mentioned about your career was some big setbacks and some big comebacks. And I'm just going to run through a few of them. And just I want to, I want you to sort of summarise your ability to come back, mm. which I think is really special. So, look, in 2011... You started off really well, Tour of Oman, two stage wins, and you won the overall. Then you broke your leg in a crash, a training crash. Mm. Big one. 2012 took you a long, long time to come back before you were able to win at California. Yeah. But then Tour de France, broken ribs, then came back, was able to perform six overall of welter. So a massive comeback in a short amount of time. Yeah. You know, um, 2013 was just a, a year where you didn't have any, from what I could see, any real problems. And we're, great. Uh-huh. 2014, you had some heart conditions, you know, yeah. something not to do with the bike. Uh, could also in 13 already, but yeah. 13 yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, 15, a knee injury, came back, six overall, the Tour de France. 2016, a crash before the Tour, put you out of the Tour in Tour of Swiss. Yeah. Then came back, got a stage win at the Vuelta. You know, yeah. like these these really big setbacks, but you're able to come back and yeah. not only just come back to a good level, yeah. but come back, like you said at the start of the podcast, and prove yourself, prove yeah. your being. You know, and then 2017, crash in the Tour de France, put you out of the race, which then set you up from what I could see, and I always remember this, 2018, from what I heard, you're like, I'm going to ride through the off-season, and I'm going to have a big start of the season, which mm. you did in Australia. And even what I heard was you rode from Melbourne across to Adelaide. Yeah. And that started from what... I don't know where that started, but something I wanted to talk to you about too, heaps of stuff I want to talk to you about, is this massive passion for just riding. Yeah. So mm. before we go to that, I've probably missed a million other crashes and setbacks too, yeah. but they're the big ones I could see. Tell me about that ability when you get where you're at right now. Yeah. And you see where you want to go, that drive. How are you able to come back? Like yeah, that? I'm not sure. Well, it's, it, well, it also you, you summed it up quite well, I think already. Um, it's a, the passion for riding the bike, I guess. I mean, nobody tells me to ride from from Melbourne to Adelaide, hmm. but somehow I like to do it. And um, um, well, yeah, you know, Europeans going to Australia, we really have to get used to the heat and to the. To all those kind of things, so it was beneficial as well for for the, for the race, and I could do some 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 good training before down under. So I think that's a good example of of, of why you come back. It's because you enjoy to ride the bike, and 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 for example, now if you're injured, you're like, oh, what I wouldn't give just to be uh, healthy again, you know, just to be fit and just mm-hmm. to be. Uh, that's the worst part of crashing is that you're at a high. And um, usually, when you crash out, it's at, a, at, at in good shape. I, I would say, uh, and then you're you're at a well, close to one of your goals because yeah. that's that's when you take a bit more risk, maybe, and and and, and things go wrong. Um, so you're you're really fit, and then comes a point where you slowly feel your body <laughs> going yeah going the wrong way, and that's that's the worst part about yeah. it. I mean, not maybe not even the coming back, but then yeah, well, of course, also the emotional moment, like missing your goals and missing the things you want to achieve that year, and uh, then the building up. Well, yeah, as, as, as soon as things start to improve, then the building up isn't that hard uh, for me. The part before is much harder. The mm. disappointment, I would say. Yeah. Are you past that point now in your in yeah. your phase right now? Yeah, now I mean, um, from I must say from. 
about uh, now almost three weeks in. So bone is, is, is supposed to be healed at after uh, well back back to normal. Uh, well, after six, it's strong enough to crash again. They say. Mm. So, <laughs> not that I'm planning to, but uh, after four weeks, it's back to normal. So one, one more week, uh, you, you should be able to uh, to ride normally. Well, of course, the leg is a bit bit worse, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely past that phase. So it's mm. uh, building up again now. Yeah. And the, and the motivation starts to roll with that. Like you said, you start to feel fit again and you that like like we were saying yesterday that the steps are quite big now yeah you know yeah. there's it's from riding on a trainer to suddenly riding outside to be able to pushing another 50 watts yeah. and it's, yeah. it's really nice no it's true from two crutches to one and yeah and now i'm uh, well I'm, wo- I'm wobbling wobbling around <laughs> the house but uh, at least I'm, I'm able to move around and don't have to ask the, anybody else to to put your socks on anymore so that's uh, that's already something right that's something we've overlooked too is the support yeah. you know the support yeah. of your wife yeah definitely it's and the uh, family you yeah. know yeah it's an important part i think one of the main things, I mean, the, the, these things you just said were crashes, and um, I mean, I've broken a couple of things, and and that's 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 part of cycling. I mean, we all had our things and collarbones or wrists or whatever. Um, but for me personally, the biggest uh, setback was actually the year before I broke that leg, and it was uh, was a much more mental thing that I I had my best year ever. It was uh, that fourth place in the. Tour. I won Emilia. I won to the Swiss. I won the Queen stage. Um, and I won the the the. Um, what are we, oh, well, I had a good year, Montreal. Yeah. Um, and then that winter, my 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 father always also used to ride ride bikes. He was a farmer, but he also liked to 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 ride the bike. And he crashed and he passed away two uh, two weeks later. And that was for me personally the. And that was the year before that really good run in Oman, and I was second in Tirreno and, and third in Pay Vasco. And that was from out of that winter. There was a lot of anger in there, I'd say. And 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 there, that was my hardest season. Uh, um, just uh, I couldn't find motivation anymore. And yeah. now now I've I've passed that point as well. But that was, I mean. Breaking something is 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 yes yeah, the way it is. Yeah, but then the mental it. mental yeah. part is is it's harder. And uh, yeah, I mean we've got a good team, we got good doctors, and they will do surgery on a on a, on a collarbone and, and it's fixed again usually. Yeah. And uh, but those those parts are. Uh, oh, that was for me the hardest the hardest year. Um, and then in the in the end of the year, breaking my femur, that was, <laughs> that was not a good year. Uh, and uh, and that changed a lot in the and it was it's nice. Uh, it was a nice sum up from from uh, the, from the start of my career. But from that point, uh, well, yeah, cycling changed changed a little bit. I, yeah. I'd say so. And uh, as I said before, a lot of riders they go like hey, they get older and it gets easier because you know more. But also. Um, um, Maybe the best example is when you become a professional, you're like, oh, if I would have only been professional for five years, I would know everything, and then I'm going to win. But then you forget that there's also a lot of negative things, and also you, you bring those along. Yeah. So it's not only the things you learn, it's also the the things that don't work out. And also, you, 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 you know, well, as you said before, you get scared to, to make those mistakes again. or you and it, The baggage re- you carry with you. you know? Yeah. And it's not necessarily yeah. always good baggage. No, exactly. And then you, then you start realizing, oh, it's really a thin line we're walking. Hmm. And either way of the thin line is not good. So we have to keep straight. And, and then, yeah, as I said before, it's a mental game. And always the coming back. Yeah, that's that's that's... Because you probably got good at the at the mental game, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I think that was a really good point that you said. 
I had a crash in Paris Roubaix a few years ago, and I wasn't exactly sure. I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not exactly. I wasn't exactly sure after that crash if I really wanted to race anymore. And it wasn't until I was up in Andorra and I just went for a ride. No training, no nothing, just a ride, like you said. Yeah. Just to, just to see. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for a ride. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. I could just ride up the Canillo, you know, or Dino Pass. That's yep. where I went to top and back. And it was probably an hour ride. But halfway up that pass, I went, I recorded a little video to my friend. And I remember just thinking, oh, I just, I love this. I was looking around, and it's a beautiful climb. Yeah. And it was a bit snowy, it was cold, and I was just, I was in, I was in sort of heaven, actually, because you've, you sort of, you've been in the hospital, you passed that point, like you said, and I was happy to be outside, and at that moment there, I knew I loved cycling for itself, not the racing not everything else. I just loved riding my bike and then followed racing. So at that moment there, I can see what you're saying, that if you've got that primary love, the rest you can work out, yeah. you know? And I think that's the, the pinnacle of what you've said. Yeah. Every comeback has been about, I just love racing, yeah. uh, riding. riding. You know? And yeah. then the rest you go, oh, okay, I can race and yeah, you know, sure. yada, yada. The rest follows. It's, I, I think that's what it starts with. I mean, for me, it's not a not a problem to do a six-hour ride, even if it's solo. It's a... Uh, Every now and then, my trainer just says, "If it's if it's been a tough time or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm a bit," he says, "Just go for a ride, ride new roads, ride places where you haven't been, make a long day, enjoy what you're doing, don't look at the numbers, and uh, and then the next step is improving yourself, getting better, and then and then obviously the next step is racing and and, and trying to show how good you 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 got, and mm-hmm. uh, and then for sure we all have this this." Uh, the thing inside of in, inside us where we want to to to, to show uh, the world that how good we are, I guess. Otherwise, yeah. we we wouldn't uh, have to pin numbers on, and we could also just uh, be riding around and uh, and uh, and have a normal day job. Um, then there's the point where you where you are eager enough to uh, to take risks and to to make mistakes, but or to win or to be part of a successful team. Yeah. Speaking of which, I've just seen. We just looked up at the TV. And Premont has won the stage, the time trial. So today was the time trial in the Giro. And let's start with that and then we'll go, let's do a little review. We'll start with today's stage, the time trial. Actually, I didn't see how long the time trial was today. How long was it? It was 52 minutes, I think. Uh, the, yeah, the average 47, I think. Pretty much maybe a bit faster. So uh, so it was a very wet time trial today. And I think, what were your thoughts of, what were your thoughts of today? Um, well, personally, wet time trials, it's, it's always a bit of a... Um, yeah, nobody likes it, I guess. Yeah, no. uh, time trial is already a mental game. Then when it's wet, it gets even more of a mental game because you know that uh, um, you will have to um, balance the risks, I guess, in the corner. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot at stake, and um, and everybody um, um, wants to stay on their bike and do as good as possible. So a wet time trial is always a, a sketchy one. Um, only 
thing worse is a wet team drum roll, I guess. Then. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't see a thing anymore. But um, um, on the other hand, um, um, well, yeah, it's also a day for for some other guys to uh, do, to take a rest, and and that's a little bit how I'm looking at the Giro right now. Um, of course, uh, my role this year would have been to support Primos, and uh, so I'm looking at uh, at the boys how they're doing it. I mean, yeah. I think. It's it's obvious that Primos is in a really really good shape. Really good shape. He's from sorry I haven't even mentioned it from Lotto Jumbo. Um, it's the Dutch team. In case Jumbo Visma these days. Sorry, no Jumbo Visma. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, he's in he's in super shape. He has uh, been winning every race this year where he started. Um, so uh, GCs, uh, he's uh, been winning them all. Romandi uh, before that, Tireno before that, UAE. Um, so. Um, and uh, this is his next goal. Um, and I'm looking at the Giro. I'm seeing him really, really, really good. Um, but uh, and also today again, winning the time trial, taking a big advantage on its uh, his opponents. But there's still there's still a lot of uh, mountains coming in the last week. That's the hardest week this year in the Giro. And um, he lost uh, this year already uh, another really strong strong guy loud the plus uh, support he got sick he got ill in during this this Giro and he had to go home so uh, that's I think what everybody's looking at now mm. is looking at um, 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 I mean everybody knows he's good but uh, so support support yeah it's a team sport and uh, it's not only that guy you need other guys mm. in the mountains to help you out uh, who replaced uh, you uh, Sepp Kuss, the oh, yeah. uh, young American rider, did a really good Vuelta last year. He won uh, Tour of Utah last year. Good climber. Uh, really good climber, uh, but a really young guy as well. And that's that's of course uh, it's is a risk. Mm. Uh, um, he would miss you there, Roglic. He would miss you in the mountains because it's not only during those other days where you have that experience and even in the bus experience because. Roglic is new to the sport, you know, only a few years. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a quick learner, I must say. Last year, fourth in the Tour de France, yeah. so he's he's really uh, developed himself really really strong. But uh, um, yeah, as I said before, it's a team sport, and there at this moment there are teams in this Giro who are who, who are stronger, or like the second guy mm. of of the team is stronger, so they can play a game or they can uh, and, and then when he gets in trouble over the mountains then uh, so that's what everybody's looking at and I'm I'm, um, I'm not saying that we, our boys are doing a really good job eh? the, the rest of the team are everybody's performing to their max um, but personally, for me, it's 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 hard to see because I feel well, of course, a little bit guilty for not not being there. Uh, this man is uh, is in super shape, He's trying to um, do um, his best result uh, ever. He, he he just wants to win this mm. uh, this Giro, and I can't be there to help him. Uh, that's uh, that's difficult to see, I must say. Have you spoken to any of the teammates, like Jos van Emden or anyone like that? How are they all going? Yeah, I, I've been been. Actually, quite close contact with most of them. Paul Martens, Jos van Emden, uh, Koen Bouwman, um, and um, they're all um, they're all going really well. I, I would say they uh, feel good. They feel good, but it's it's uh, it's it's a tough sport, and it's three weeks is a long time. And and um, those three boys I just mentioned, they are not no no GC riders, and that's well the, the recovery part. That's that's a real. Uh, important thing and that's that my role before was to ride GCs general classification but now um, I, um, I I I change a little bit but I'm 
I'm still uh, physiologic, physiologic, yeah, yeah. physiologically, yeah, that's it. Stupid English yeah. words, sorry, mate. That's good. <laughs> I'm still a, a GC guy, so I recover well and mm. I can be there for him in the third totally. week and, and, and I can't this year. So that, for me personally, I mean, it, it's not about me, but it's about, it's about Primoz. That's hard to see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And, and something we discussed with Teo Gagenhart in the last podcast was how difficult that last, I guess, 10 days is or maybe even seven days. Yeah. It's really, really hard. Yeah. It's, it's actually, you know, it's filthy. Yeah. <laughs> and so the boys that are supposed to be having a pretty easy time, the first, let's say easy in inverted commas, the first nine days, it's been tough too because they've been long stages, wet stages. Let's Definitely. let's go through a few of these stages because yep. I want to hear your opinion on them. Mm-hmm. The opening time trial, again, um, Primoz Roglic was very, very impressive, I thought. Yep. Had also an uphill finish. Super hard. Yes, super too. hard. And Simon Yates came in quite confident. Yeah. But he was second still. Mm. But there was a substantial gap yeah. in 8K. What do you think of that first um, time trial? Well, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a it's a the climb. Everybody knows this climb because it's a race. Uh, most of the guys have been have been doing. Uh, it's an Italian uh, race at the end of the season, just before Lombardy. Yeah, Giro d'Emilia, and the, the finish was up the up San Luca. Um, super steep. It's like uh, well, yeah. You know that. You know that race well. Quite well, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's like Mur uh, de Huy, yeah, yeah. The, the famous climb in in, in Belgium where uh, the Flash Wallon finished, but then a bit longer still, and uh, so it's just super tough. And uh, he made a, or he took a big big gap already there, and um, coming from Romandie, which he won a week before Primoz, uh, everybody's asking questions about is he already at his all uh, at his best shape and. Um, that's uh, today he's winning again, so he still has good, really, really mm. good shape. But uh, that's that's of course the question towards the last week: will he still be in that shape? So it's that's exciting. Yeah. It's bloody exciting. Another guy up there, I thought was um, our friend of the podcast, Tao. He was up there after doing that that um, chat with him just a few days before. Yep. I was eagerly watching him, and he was he ran a top ten, so he had a really good start and yep. got the Brits talking. Um, he was sixth. I I had a, I spoke to him uh, shortly afterwards and. Uh, I, uh, he off- yeah, obviously he has a free role now because uh, his, uh, Bernal is, 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 is leader for this Giro. He crashed out in training mm. just before, uh, went down in Andorra uh, training and broke a col- mm. his goal- collarbone as well. Um, so um, he has a free role and um, he, he took it straight away at uh, day one, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, me too. All right, well, stage two was a sprint stage, 205k. And um, my initial thoughts on that was... Lotto took it over, um, the Belgium team. Well, are they just Lotto now? Lotto Sudal. No. Lotto Sudal. Yeah. Lotto Sudal. Yeah. Great lead out. I thought Caleb was going to be set up for a fantastic victory. Two guys left in the final sprint, but then Pascal Ackerman from Bora, he hit out, and a lot of expectation on him because of there was a bit of drama around... Um, Sam Bennett not going and Ackerman is he good enough and then straight away first stage win first stage wins the first stage yeah not much more to say really no he really made a name I think uh, throughout this Giro as a as a wet wet stage rider I guess. Yeah. yeah that's how they call him now the wet, the wet sprinter or how do they call him because uh, both of the 
victories he took so far were in the rain and yeah. uh, apparently he's a guy who can uh, he must be a bit crazy then I guess if you can handle himself if you can uh, handle a bunch print in the rain that's uh, that's maybe even more scary than a team time shot in the rain <laughs> I would say on the next day was a sprint again 220 um, so another long day in the saddle uh, and this was a bit controversial um, Viviani was disqualified uh, and Gaviria he was second yeah um, and I think from what I sort of read and whatever and watching myself, it wasn't ultra controversial and Gaviria wasn't that disappointed with it, but the the commissaires decided to rule Viviani out. Um, no, I don't think it was Gaviria who... Protested. Who protested, he, but uh, he, he, Gaviria was on the right and he swung to the left. Um, the track rider, I think it was, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Actually. But... Uh, it was a bold move. It was a he. He went a meter to the left. If he would have gone a bit slower to the left, I don't think anything would have happened. But he mm. he, he moved quite rapidly. Uh, it's always a discussion, and it's not it's not my territory. I would say to uh, to talk about it. I've never been in that position, so uh, I leave it to the to the jury. Um, Viviani wasn't happy with it. That's uh, that's for sure. No, that's right. And then stage four, two thirty five, another long one. And this is a big stage because um, Tom Dumoulin, he, he crashed out of the Giro this day. Um, you know, there was a big crash at 6.5 to go. I'm not sure if that's where he crashed out. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so right at the finish there. And I missed this stage. I was out training and only caught the highlights. And all of a sudden, there was only about 10 guys in the sprint. Yeah. I was like, what's going on here? And I had to do a bit of reading. And yeah. it looked like a super hard finish. Yeah. Just a drag uphill. And... Um, Richard Carapath from uh, Movistar, he did a great attack, sort of like 500 metres to go, hit out, and then uh, Caleb Ewan got second there. So it was a sad day for the Dutchies. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, Tom, previous winner. Yeah, high hopes, previous winner, and second last year's Euro, second last year's Tour. Um, So, um, yeah, everybody had really high hopes, I guess. Um, for him, 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 himself as well. But that's yeah, that's also cycling. I mean, uh, nobody's talking about, for example, Bernal anymore. He was for me the man this uh, into this Giro. I was uh, he, he won Paris Nice this year. Hmm. He didn't even make the start, let's say. Um, and 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 cycling, uh, it's risk. It's a risky, risky job, and uh, you have to stay on your bike, uh, obviously. Um, and be a bit lucky with that. Also, we saw Primoz crash already once, and 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 um, let's say in every Grand Tour there's this one narrow escape, or there's a, a couple of narrow escapes, and sometimes even you go down. But you have to be a bit lucky there, uh, mm. just to have scratches instead of uh, uh, big things. And and Tom had a a chain ring in in into his muscle, uh, his right leg, I think, left leg, I think. Uh, it looked real nasty, lots of blood, and uh, yeah, obviously you can't ride with that. He lost four minutes there, and this is an interesting point. I, I spoke to Sam Omen, his teammate, uh, um, real uh, quickly about it, and uh, um, he was top ten last year in the Giro, and he waited for Tom. So Tom was overall leader, but like big leader, and he decided to wait. And um, well, yeah, that, that's uh, that was a bold move. They are after uh, Dumoulin. Uh, got out of the race and mm. 
also some omen lost four minutes and I was uh, I wasn't happy to see that because he was uh, yeah well I have big uh, a good backup too. yeah and big expectations for the for for for, for some um, fortunately what we'll get to later is uh, he, t- he took back those four minutes and he's back uh, back in did he he took him back uh, the day we later we talk about that yeah. now yeah what happened the I day didn't know he did that yeah the day later he was in that break uh, oh. in that breakaway and he uh, he's uh, so he was at the start of today's time trial he was back in the same time as the uh, so really really bold that's a move great there. story I yeah. didn't know that good move so I said that well done that was uh so for the Dutchies, there's still uh, one really young, talented guy uh, in play to do a really good GC. And of course, we have our primos uh, still going really well. Huh, great yeah. story. Um, all right, well then, stage five. This was another wet day, 140K. I, from what I could see, and I spoke to Luke Derbridge, said really cold, wet day. And when you watch this stage, you see Gaviria sprinting actually in a rain jacket. Yeah. Um, and surprise, surprise, Gaviria hit out early. It looked like he was going to get it, but Ackerman came over the top of him. Yep. And uh, that was just another impressive victory. Um, Either he has a really, really good rain jacket or he made a big mistake sprinting in that rain jacket, I would say. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a big rain jacket, but he definitely had some rain jacket, something on. But yeah. it's just one of those days where I guess it's so cold where you're just like... Yeah. Oh, that's that's the the point uh, we just made before. I think Ackerman showed him himself as being a guy who can handle the, the cold, and that's Giro as well. I love that wet sprinter. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I did the Giro last year, and it was. Um, 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 we did. We didn't have a single day of rain at the start, at least. Started in Israel. That also was a big desert, of course. So it's it wasn't wasn't was quite warm there even, and the rest of the year also was was was. Uh, I think was I, good. I was there too. I think we just had one day where it rained on the final circuit there, yeah, like yeah. towards the end. Yeah. But that was more like uh, rain because of the the heat. I would say yeah. almost like a thunderstorm instead of uh, like these cold days they have now. So that's also the Giro. I mean, uh, we're looking at the last week of the Giro, but they're still not even sure that uh, the, the the stages can be. It can be done the way they want to do it because uh, at 2,600, because of all that rain, there's now three meters of snow on top of, uh, of Gavia. So uh, not even certain that the, the stages can uh, can continue. Oh, so they should push uh, through. That's they should, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, I saw a video today that they were uh, with the big bulldozers uh, trying to find the road again oh, somewhere God. under the snow. So that's also Giro. This is it's, typical uh, Giro. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. I, I did 2013 and... I think as well, every day rain, finishing in the snow on top of mountains, so cold. I didn't like then at that moment. I mean, even I have a difficult, <laughs> difficult time uh, enjoying uh, uh, the ride on the bike. Yeah. But on the flip side, yeah. it is good viewing. Like, oh, you know, when you're not there, you're like, oh, it's raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boys, get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a beer and a bag of chips yeah, <laughs> on the exactly. couch, and I, then I love it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, well, let's run through these last few ones. Stage six, um, this is the first breakaway win. Yep. And this was a big breakaway, and this is a stage I think you're talking about. Yep. Um, where Sam Uman was about able to come back. Um, but the significant thing out of that was was a change. It was a new leader. Yep. And Conti um, from UAE, he took the lead over. Yep. And was this, do you think... Or whether you've spoken to the team or not, was this a decision by the team to let this breakaway go? Yeah, definitely they didn't want to keep on the, the whole, uh, to hold jersey because of also you have to control then and you yep. lose a lot of energy. Your boys for the for the flat stages they lose a lot of energy. Um, the first days in the in the rain for sure they didn't mind 
uh, having uh, the lead because uh, that also gives you a bit of a benefit in the bunch. Eh? Mm-hmm. You can always stay in front and stay out of trouble. Um, but that was a good good moment to lose the um, to lose the jersey, what they wanted, and 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 um, um, I think that was a, a nice opportunity for an Italian rider to grab the jersey. Real big uh, big opportunity for him. And as I said before, some moment of uh, Sunweb uh, coming back in the GC. Um, that was that was interesting for me to see, and mm. um, as well a stage actually of a, a real big crash in the start, a big big pile of riders, 30 uh, guys go down. Omen also in that crash, but also Roglic was in the crash, so it was a um, uh, it was a it was a messy day, and yeah. uh, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, later on, I saw a video of uh, Roglic just enjoying it. He said, uh, "This is Giro Casino, eh? I like, I like." That's yeah, <laughs> what he literally good. said. So he's, uh, well, yeah, he's uh, he's a strong guy. I must say, he's uh, he has a good way to cope with all the, all the stress that's uh, coming at him at the moment. Cool, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I think, from what I've viewed from the outside, stage seven looks like it's been the hardest stage. Mm. Uh, on paper, it didn't look super hard. It still looked difficult. But if anyone had sort of looked at it, they would have thought, oh, yeah, another stage. Yeah. But this caused a lot of controversy um, in terms for the riders because the breakaway took about 100, from what I heard, 110k to go, about 50k an hour average for that first bit, 40k an hour average for the whole stage. It was a 185k stage. And a few guys pulled out that day. And you guys lost Lawrence to Plus. Yeah. It's a big one. We lost our EF, lost their sprinter Sasha Modelo and Gaviria. He he stepped off the bike too. And I've just heard. I spoke to Luke Durbridge about. It. He said it was just a hard, hard day. I've heard about um, Kum Bauman, who's a good friend of mine, um, racing there as well. And he uh, he's a what say let's say 62, 63 kilo guy. And for the guys who, who know their, their watts, he produced, I think, three on the watts average over that stage. So it's uh, that's real, real, real That's tough. real hard. That's real hard. I mean, that's, those are numbers. Uh, heavier guys like us don't even push uh, yeah. more than twice or three times a year, I guess, over a stage. So uh, it must have been a tough, tough stage. And um, as you said before, I think our boys were happy to lose the jersey there mm. uh, the day before because otherwise you, you'll be controlling that that situation and as well uh, what you obviously always get when you're um, in the lead in the ground tour is everyday podium everyday press conference everyday anti-doping control and this takes about an hour depending on uh, on uh, on how many questions there are maybe mm. one and a half hour uh, every day and that's all uh, time you, you need for recovery and you lose on, on recovery so that's also a reason it, it sounds really weird why would you give away uh, the the pink jersey in the Grand Tour well if you have a bigger goal and that's winning it in the end then giving it away sometimes is, it's, it's, it's a tactical decision and uh, well yeah after today's time trial I think uh, he uh, he showed that it's, uh, he's good enough yeah bloody yeah. oath um, and then there's stage 8 which is just before the time trial which we already discussed Another long one, 240k. I think this has probably been the longest stage so far. Um, and Caleb Ewan won his first stage. Longest stage of the Giro, even. Yeah. Of the whole Giro, yeah. And, you know, from I had a quick look, because I missed his stage too, so I had a quick look at the replay just before this, just to see what really happened. And from what I saw, it was first into the last corner type thing, 200 metres to go, a corner, and then just sprint out of the corner. Um 
you know, I think what would have been happening there for a lot of the GC guys is they would have been trying to take it as easy as possible, knowing that the time trial was the next day today. Um, run me through a day, a sprint day, what you would try and do to take it easy before uh, an important time trial. Well, yeah, um, it depends a bit. I think uh, what I've seen from this stage was, again, hectic and, and, and wet uh, towards the sprint, uh, towards towards the end at least. I haven't seen the whole stage. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously... Uh, 240K. 240K, I'm not sitting on a couch all day. But uh, um, um, those days are actually... Well, yeah, you, of course, everybody talks about saving energy. But uh, as said before, there's also a lot of risks, uh, especially on the slippery Italian roads in rain. Yeah. So uh, probably it sounds like a day where you can recover a bit to save energy. It, it, I think towards the end it has been really hard for everybody because also the GC riders have to stay in front and, 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 and stay out of trouble, yeah. which is not really there uh, among the, the sprinters, but also not too far back because that's also where, where trouble happens. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. And, you, and you just need a really strong team, a couple yeah. of big engines like Van Emden, like Martens, who know their way around. Martens is, is, is a guy, for example, last year he was also there for the sprint training our team. Yours as well. So uh, Van Emden, so he, they, they know how to yeah. ride through the bunch, stay out of trouble, be in the good positions. Um, so they take a lot of that knowledge from riding a sprint train, for example, uh, which way of the road uh, to stay, uh, mm. to hold the, the side of the road instead of being in the middle of the bunch. Eh? Yeah. And then you only have to look over one shoulder. Um, stuff like that, they, they bring that and, and, and use it to protect a GC rider. Mm. Well, I think... I think they've earned a well-earned rest. Tomorrow's the first rest day. Um, and coming up the next week, I think there's a couple... I haven't actually had a look, but I think there's a couple of sort of medium days coming up, 10, 11. And I know there's a, a couple of dead flat days there. I guess I can only hope for them that they get a couple of dry days before they hit these big mountains because they need to try and recoup a little bit before they hit the mountains. Exactly, yeah. And the mountains need some dry days as well too stop it from snowing up on top of those mountains and, oh, uh, it'd just be hell yeah no definitely I mean uh, as we said before that's a Giro that's always a gamble the Giro takes as well I remember last year um, when we um, also throughout the whole Giro there was a there was a talk about uh, are we actually going to be able to do all those climbs and that's 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 the, the talk every year it's uh, it's always uh, that's right we had the dirt climb last yeah, year yeah before I, I just I was thinking I couldn't get uh, I can't find the name what is it, it was, the Finestra uh, isn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold of Finestra oh, I was, suffered up that climb god that was hard that climb I think I was I don't know exactly but like 20 years down the stage something were you yeah but I lost like 15 minutes or something so anyway. how hard was that last climb it was, <laughs> was so it? steep yeah uh, Baronekia yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it ah, it was insane man it was all day full gas from this big big uh, day. day and boy what it was uh, I mean it was yeah. a hard start too it remember it was insane. uphill at the start I, got I was dropped. in the break actually were you oh. <laughs> I dropped I dropped also but I dropped my chain oh. <laughs> in the sand and I lost the oh in the end it didn't matter because Froome did did, did uh, well yeah he gave gave a big show and uh, and everybody was just uh, well I remember and that, the worst thing was actually that I kept on pushing that day and I said oh, just keep on going keep on going stay with George because George was doing, oh, doing right, George GC Bennett. Yeah. and try to keep on riding because you might come back to George you can help him out and uh, that was a bad day for Yates. Yates lost the jersey. 
and um, that doesn't really matter that much uh, didn't really matter too much in my story but he had Nieve who always stayed with Yates so they were far far back mm. and Yates and Nieve was taking it easy well long story short I was pushing until the line next day I'm in the breakaway and uh I guess <laughs> with Nieve yeah. with Nieve who wins the stage and I get second so I should have just in hindsight <laughs> I yeah. should have just stayed with stayed with Nieve and took it easy it been taken it easy and I could have, <laughs> could have won the, the last stage in the, in the Giro but I was second I was happy with that at that yeah. moment but uh, ah, that's right it was the second last stage yeah. that's right yeah. uh, it was uh, but then it was good weather at least so I'm yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hoping for these boys that, uh, that the weather is, uh, is going to be a bit better that yeah. they had the worst part now but well, yeah, this year's Giro is all in the north of Italy. And um, the north of Italy, of course, yeah, there's, there's a lot of mountains there, but there's also a lot of bad weather there. So, That's um, true. Yeah. The more north you go, the yeah. colder it is. So it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna be a really interesting race to watch, and especially for us guys now uh, with the pressure on. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I hope, uh, hope the boys get a good rest tomorrow and uh, mm. they can go for it, yeah. Mate, well, thank you very much. I've taken up a lot of your time this afternoon with the family. But um, really good to hear your insight on the Giro. Sure. Some great insights. And I love talking about your career too. And I think we really only scratched the surface there. And I want to come back and talk to you and spend one time when we're up in Andorra a good chunk of time talking about riding. Sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Cool. No worries. Well, that's another episode done. I hope you enjoyed that one. I know we're a few stages behind where the Giro's at now, but I think it was a really good little summary up until now. Like always, keep your feedback coming in. I love hearing from you guys and things that you want to hear about or just feedback on the previous stories. Go back and listen to some of the podcasts if you haven't heard them all. As always, there'll be more podcasts coming up every fortnight. And once again, I want to say thanks to my producer, Lara, behind the scenes, who's doing a great job too. So guys, until next time, stay tuned.